For any Yankee fans looking for a podcast to listen to, I suggest you check out NYY Sports Talk. Are you listening? Tune into the fellas. Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's no BS, there's no drama. Uh. You just feel like you with the fellas talking baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 253 of the NYYST podcast. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. (sighs) I don't even know what to, I mean, I do know what to say, and it's going to get pretty bad in a few minutes. Uh, The Yankees, uh, they literally, I mean, you could not have asked for two worst performances from a team that's trying to, I don't know, are they trying to make the postseason? Can we definitively say that the Yankees are trying to make the postseason? Um, after after Friday night's game where they win 8-0, Corey Kluba uh, looks like he's turning the corner. It looks like he's, uh, he's coming around and back into shape. They hit, what, five home runs, 8-0 uh, win. It was the type of win that you've been waiting for them to have. And... If I would have said to you, when we sit down on Sunday night to record this show, that one team would have outscored the other team 22 to 4 in the final two games of the series, you would have never, never, you would have literally bet your children's lives on it that the Yankees were going to take care of business and destroy the Cleveland Indians. But they, in fact, got fucking embarrassed. Embarrassed. There is no other way to describe this than it was an utter embarrassment that the New York Yankees put on full display in the Bronx this weekend. Let me ask you a question because you're, I'm not, I'm for once not uh, ripping on you for being much older than me. I just genuinely am asking. So you were born in what, 83? That is correct. Through the. Probably not in the eighties, but through the early nineties, do you do you have memory of when the Yankees were just unbearable? No, not really. I mean, what when were they really, really bad? Like ninety one. I think Buck came in in ninety two. Like I don't, I don't really remember too much. Oh, was I seven, eight years old? I remember a little bit in ninety four because it's strange. I mean, my, my first fir- my first memory is ninety five. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, to be honest with you, like, when I first started, like, really paying attention and and following it day-to-day and in and out, like, it was, like, 95. And, you know, so, no, I don't really remember them being bad. I was a kid, dude. Like, you know, like, people... You can call me a fraud if you want. You're a fucking piece of garbage. But you mean to tell me when you were seven, eight years old, you followed baseball and you knew the ins and outs of baseball like you do now? No, you don't. So, I mean, especially back when we were kids, like we were outside doing shit. Like I didn't sit in front of a TV. I didn't sit in front of an iPad all fucking day. I actually went outside and touched grass and played you know, so no, I don't exactly remember when I was seven, eight years old, the Yankees being the dregs of the American League. So, so then we can both say, and I think this question is truly, you have to take, take it, uh, you know, the context of it, of the whole situation. And the context of this situation would be that the Yankees were, uh, were they favored at one point to win the World Series? 
Probably. I mean, if you looked at the books, it was probably either them, the sports books, it was probably either them or Houston. Maybe the Dodgers, at least out of the American League, was probably them in Houston. So you had you had the sports books telling us they should win the World Series. And now internally, as a Yankee fan and, and being a diehard fan over the last X amount of years now, since since the rebuild in 2016, what was the year that was thrown out there that this team should be ready and built for a World Series. Look, if I'm not mistaken, it was 2019. Okay, so 2019 happens. They fall short. But 2020 happens, and, and we give them a pass because of the shitty COVID year. And now it's 2021, and again, given, given the context now and the background, would you say this is the most disappointing and embarrassing season you've ever watched from this team? Well, I mean, I was thinking about this earlier, and... Um, think about all the years in our lifetime. And I mean, in our lifetime, we're going to take it from 95 on, right? And I'm not using that as a line of demarcation because that's when they really turned the corner and being, you know, a respectable, good franchise again. It's just when I really started remembering and paying attention to baseball a lot more than I did when I was a child, you know? So think about all the years they didn't make the postseason. 08. What happened in 08, Chris? You, you had something to still celebrate. It was the final year of Yankee of the, Stadium. Of the stadium. Actually, before you even go forward, it was every year that we had something to celebrate or to, you know, right. honor. So, but, but just follow the time. Like, 08, there was injuries. Guys were hurt, you know, whatever. They needed a little soft reboot. You had, But you still had the celebration of Yankee Stadium. So you didn't feel this. And you were coming off pretty much the end of the Tory era. Cause I know, Oh, even though 08 was uh Girardi's first year, you, that was the pretty much the wrap of the Tory era, not making the postseason in 08. So you can almost compartmentalize that and say we had, he a, wasn't the manager in 08. I understand that. But I'm saying that was really like the final ending. Right. Of that okay. Era, gotcha. Right there. They didn't make the postseason. The, uh, he leaves in 07. Girardi comes in. They don't make the postseason stadium closes. That really closes a chapter of Yankee history. Correct. All right. So then you move on, right? Then they get this. You say you need a little soft reboot. They get that CC Teixeira, Burnett. They win the world series. And then we move along here. And then you start to see the team getting old, a little decrepit, but what happens in 13 Mariano Rivera's final year. So even though they win 83 games or whatever it was, you're still, watching because you know it's the last time you're ever going to see Mariano Rivera. The same thing happens in 2014. They won, what, 84, 85 games. But you're celebrating the end of Derek Jeter's career. So you're not feeling these types of emotions. Plus, you're also not going into these seasons with the expectations that you have in 2021. Then you fast forward to 2016, and what softens the blow? Because they were good in 2015. They made the wild card game. They... They um, they faltered down the stretch. You tell that they got tired, they got a little worn out, and they they didn't finish the season strong. But you still had some reasonable expectations for that team in 2016. But what kind of tempered them not making the postseason that year? The fact that you knew that it was probably time to bring up some fresh talent to 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 change the face of this team, and that's what they did. And they 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 sold at the trade deadline. You were sold this hope for the future. So you're like, okay, you know what? I can sacrifice this year. I can even sacrifice 2017. If you're telling me this is going to bring a new wave, a new era of championship baseball to this team. Can so I interject? Brought, 
when Go ahead. before you move on from this era. I mean, we had it almost instantly, right? It was it was Judge and uh, Tyler Austin back to back, yeah, in their debuts. And I say this all and the time: just tore the world world on fire right. when he right. And it was like I say this all the time that in 2016, it was the first time you know I had a pit in my stomach waking up and seeing that the Yankees were were selling, and you know. I believe first it was, um, what's his name? I think Chapman went first. No, no, I think it was uh, Miller, to be honest. Miller was the real gut punch. Of yeah, okay, so then that's what it, yeah, you're right. So Miller was the big gut punch because at that time, you kind of expected the, the Chapman stuff to happen. But to, to see that Andrew Miller went, it was just like this team is kind of thrown in the towel for bigger and better things and and it was tough as a Yankee fan growing up in the era that we did to kind of comprehend it at the time but at the same time it was it was a huge weight lifted off your your shoulders that it was just like I'm gonna get fresh baseball because baseball really changed from the time this this organization was a dynasty to to the baseball we were watching in 2016 where a lot of great teams were young they were fast they were healthy well the word you're looking for is athletic and, and they were athletic they didn't and have a lot of athletic they they, they really didn't they didn't and, and and it caught up to them and it was expected but it was time the yankees finally woke up and 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 accepted that it was time to move on and and to get to get younger to get better and more athletic like you said and and we got it instantaneously we were immediately okay with it because we saw the future we saw the future, and if you really remember, it was a it was a long shot. But the Yankees were weren't out of it right away, up until that game in Fenway Park where Batances gave up that home run. The Yankees still had somewhat of. We were still watching competitive baseball, where there was still something to hold on to, and then and then twenty seventeen rolls around, and and I'll let you go from there. But I just wanted to give the the background of like, we never had that before. We were kind of excited about it. Young, new talent. And, and the future was right in front of us. And we were fucking psyched for these next few years. So, you know what? And, you know, we, we were, we, I'm not saying everybody, but you and I were pretty much in lockstep on this. We were willing to, to ride this out and, and accept what we were being told because you knew it was time. You knew it was time to take this team in a different direction. So we were willing to sacrifice 2017 because we were told that, you know what, give us a couple of years. We'll be there. 2019 is a year. We're going to be ready to go. So 2017 hits and you get the bonus, you get that magic carpet ride. And I think that really, that was almost a, a, a curse more than it was a blessing. Because I think it really reconfigured a lot of people's expectations for this team. You know, and then they get rid of Girardi, which is fine. It was probably time for him to go. Boone comes in, wins 100 games his first year. And then what happens? They weren't, they weren't really on the level of the Red Sox. And you were saying to yourself, you know what? We got embarrassed by the Red Sox in the postseason. But it's okay because next year is our year. Next year is the year we're supposed to be there. That's what we were told. Everything's going to come together in 2019. What happens in 2019? They're back in the ALCS, and they proved that they weren't on Houston's level. Why? They didn't have the starting pitching to, to, to step up to Houston, all right? So then we're told, oh, so now, so now we're seeing. It's like 
I want to find the right analogy for this. You know, it's always like I'm going to it's like you go into your boss's office and he tells you to do three or four different things. And if you do those, then you get a promotion. So you do all of them. And he says, well, you know, we're just not ready to promote you right now. So do these three other things and then come back and talk to me. So we're like, okay, you know what? We made it down this road this far. Let's see whatever. Right. Where are we really going? So we're told now. Oh, we have to get the ace. We have to get him. We weren't really ready to compete because we didn't have the white whale, the ace, the horse, to stick at the top of the rotation. What happens? We get him, right? Eric Cole's here, okay? Then what happens? The world shuts down. COVID hits. We're in a pandemic. And then it's like, how much do you really want to ask for changes on a COVID season? Now, realistically, should we have been calling for people's heads after last year? Probably, Chris, because of the way things have turned out. It, maybe we should have made some moves in the offseason. But you want to be fair. Everything was fucked up last year. You don't want to fire people and call for their jobs after a 60-game season. But now watching the way the Yankees played in 2020, backed up with the way that they're playing this year, it's time for changes. And now what is happening is we we listed all of these years of why it wasn't as bad as what's happening this year. This team has no excuse not to be in the postseason, especially after we went out at the trade deadline, got Gallo, got Rizzo, got hot. And it's not even a 13 game winning streak over a quarter of the season. This was the after uh, surrounding the trade deadline. This was the best team in major league baseball. And to come out here now from late for almost a month now and be the worst team in baseball is completely unacceptable. There's no way you can sell that to the fan base that now today is September 19th, Chris, September 19th. And the Yankees are two games out of a postseason spot. We're not even talking about, Oh, they got a little cold and they fell out of first place or two games. No, Chris, they're not even, they're tied with the fucking A's right now. That's how bad things are. They're behind Boston. They're behind Toronto, and they're tied with the A's. And you thought the A's were in the water, dead in the water. There is no way to sell this to anybody other than a friggin' disaster. And it starts right up at the top. There's so many different things that we could get into right now, okay? Because there's there's so many reasons why this is happening. And, yeah. The Yankees can go out there and win six games this week. Couldn't happen? Absolutely. We've seen this team get hot at the weirdest times, and and they could take over a postseason spot by the time we sit down and record next week. But in the moment, in the now, this team doesn't look like it even has any interest in playing tomorrow, let alone October. Yeah, and to just to kind of add on to your analogy, us being us being the the employee that keeps doing what the boss asks and the boss being the Yankee organization. I want to add to that, that it's the boss telling you to do the same three things every single time. It's not even anything different where you're sitting there going, okay, maybe if I do these three things, this, this will be it. And this will be the promotion. It's the same three things over and over again to work to a point now where we 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 have nothing else but to sit back and say, well, we've been doing the same things every single time, every single year. What's changing, and why do we keep expecting a different outcome? 
and and it's tough to sit here and and rip this team not rip this team but it's tough to sit here and rip this team in the in the moment because we know very well that just like you said in a week from now we could be singing a different tune again and and but that's not the point i i'm not sitting here and saying it's impossible but show me where i should be hopeful show me a reason why i should be hopeful and you can't find one it's the complete opposite and Look, that's I the tw- problem i tweeted this earlier today they're 2 and 8 in their last 10 home games 2 i saw and that eight. that's disgusting you know who Look, yeah, I know. They played Baltimore and Cleveland during that stretch, and they're two and eight. You mean to tell me this is a team that deserves to be in the postseason when you do that across the last your last two homestands? Look, we watch the scoreboard every day. Every day. Toronto and Boston don't fuck around when they're playing these bad teams. They don't. They handle their business. It's almost a shock. When you see the scoreboard, I think it was on Friday night, Minnesota upsets Toronto. So, but in the, in the, on the other hand, you're not surprised when the Yankees lose to Baltimore. You're not. No, that that's bad. It's just and, it's not okay. And I said it. And look, if you haven't, please go to Patreon.com/slash/nyyst. Support the show there. Become a patron of the show because I did a Patreon episode after the Yankees lost. On Thursday, and it was compounded by the fucking disaster that my my other team that I root for is. So you could really hear me at my fucking lowest point, mm. okay? That even if the Yankees had gone out there and swept the Orioles, they still failed in what their main objectives were for that series. We talked about it last week. You had to go out there and bury the fucking Orioles and not have to be in that bullpen every night. And what happens? Uh, they, they're up 7-1. to one. Sal Romano comes in. He's jerking around, doing whatever the fuck Sal Romano does. You know, they got to get Chapman up. Then they got to go deep into the bullpen in game two. Game three, it's a 2-1 to one game. You know, your wild pitch, extra inning. So even though they won two out of three, you don't feel good about it because they struggled to beat the Orioles. They're not playing. They're not even playing to the point where, like, okay, you know what? They lost the... They, we always say you can't expect to sweep. You just got to go out there and win a series, right? But in your wins, flex your muscles a little bit. They don't even do that. And then they come out Friday night and they do it. And you're like, okay, maybe it's finally just going to fucking, they're going to turn the corner as Aaron Boone likes to say, it's just going to click because it has to, right? Something's got to go right at this point. They've been playing so poorly for a month. And then what happens? They get embarrassed on Saturday. Embarrassing, embarrassing effort. And then today was the worst. It was the absolute worst. There's no way that you can sell me that Garrett Cole doesn't deserve to be fucking booed today. Oh, he and does. This is, uh, this is coming from us, me, who I've been ripping people for years for booing Yankees. This is a lot different than going out there and being a fucking clown and booing John Carlos Stanton on opening day because he strikes out five times. It's September 19th. The Yankees are in a tailspin. Yep. This is your ace. This is the guy who's getting paid $340 million to be the to be the stopper, to be to, to answer all the questions from your from your rotation. He takes the mound. I win today. And he pits scared. Chris, he pitched scared of Jose Ramirez. 
That bothers me. That bothers me more than anything he did today in the first inning. O2 pitch he hits set the, the tone for himself. You know, O2 pitch hits the he hits the leadoff batter. You could have turned the game off right there because if Garrett Cole is going to be Garrett Cole, he's not hitting the the leadoff batter on an O2 pitch. But whatever, dude, he hits him. Whatever you fucking say, he'll turn it around. He wanted no part of Jose Ramirez, and that bothers me. You're Garrett Cole. There's not a fucking there's not a player on the planet you should walk up to be on the mound and be afraid of. Now later on in the game, you know. He probably Jose Ramirez proved why Garrett Cole should have been afraid of him, but you don't take that tact in the first inning where you act afraid of Jose Ramirez. And I love Jose Ramirez. I think he's a fucking hell of a ball player, but you're Garrett Cole. God damn it. Yeah. Um, it, it's just like too many people. I feel like criticize this team by saying it's low energy. Um, you know, they're not going out there with any urgency. And I'm not disagreeing by any means. Because well, what... I disagree when they score four fucking... Yeah, no. Yeah, when, you, when you're trying to describe what you're seeing, that's the only way to describe it. But I think it's our job to kind of kind of go a little deeper than that. And it's just like, these guys aren't going... Can we agree that these guys aren't going out there saying, okay, we don't care if we win today. I mean, let's just let's just do the bare minimum, and uh, you know, most importantly, let's have fun. And winning, winning comes second. Can we agree that this team that that they're realistically they're not saying that in in a pregame speech to one another? I would hope not. I mean, what are we playing fucking little league here? Right, right. So, so it's not that these guys are going out there and and they don't necessarily realize how important this is and how urgent it has to be that they start winning and now we can go beyond that and say do they just have shitty players well let's go through it i mean is judge a shitty player before we look i i i'll just say this bro it's the same problem that i'm going through with the giants right now there is something fundamentally wrong with the organization I'm so look. You want to say there's a big difference between the Yankees because at least they're they're still relevant and good, and the Giants, who since the boat party have been literally the worst team in the NFL. Fine, I understand there's a big difference there, but the way these organizations are run is not that far off. There's something wrong with the way things are done in both of in both on both of these teams. And since it's a Yankee podcast, let's talk about that. There is something wrong. There is something. There's something wrong. There's fractured in that clubhouse, in the front office. As long as you keep doing the same thing, none of this is going to change. And this came down crashing hard this year. No, they don't have bad players, Chris. Aaron Judge should be an MVP candidate this year. John Carl Stanton's showing you everybody this year because he's healthy, why he gets the contract that he gets. DJ LeMayu has been meh, but whatever, bro. You, he's a lot of down year after the last two years. Glaber Torres is a piece of shit. Gary Sanchez is a piece of garbage, okay? You want to say that's where you're going to talk right now is the fucking regression on these two guys. It's startling. 
It's absolutely startling that these guys have barely become Major League Baseball players to the point now where the Yankees have completely reconfigured their infield just to keep Glaber Torres off a shortstop. And the fact that we got 12 games to play now and Kyle Higashioka has again become a better option to Aaron Boone than fucking Gary Sanchez. That's where you want to talk about things. Okay, that's it. That's the that's the problem. Well, we kind of I kind of texted you you and uh, Stack I ride this the other day, but other than Aaron Judge, I mean, because I think we were talking about Garcia and he was getting lit up down in the minors again, and I said other than other than Aaron Judge, who we both agreed has overall fundamentally become a better player since his since his rookie year. Even though his rookie year was his numbers were off the charts, overall fundamentally, um, he's a better baseball player today than he was. Four absolutely, years ago. okay. And and other than that, and now we're talking about big, you know, big prospects. We expect a lot out of because if I don't say that, you can argue that Brett Gardner has been someone who who has been reliable and been. But that doesn't even count because that's ten. That's fifteen years ago now. We're talking about since you want to. I you said really since two thousand nine, con- didn't I? Huh? I said really since 2009. Fine, you want to, I don't even want to go back that far cuz it's all relevant to me at the at this point. Talk about what's happened since the, since Brian Cashman really took control of this team. Yeah, well that what was player, my point. What player has come up here and met or exceeded their expectations it's other Aaron than Aaron Judge? Judge. And, and that's it. And the sad part is is you it doesn't just end there, right? It doesn't just end with what guys have ex, you know met or exceeded their expectations. There's also cases where guys have shown right off the bat how good they can be and have truly just regressed in a way that you can't comprehend. You know, again, Torres. I don't even understand what I'm watching. Sanchez, who you thought was going to be the world's biggest superstar. Davey Garcia, Chance Adams. Who, who else was on that list? We said Batances really regressed. A lot after being, you know, you could say at one point in time, Dylan Batances was the most dominant relief pitcher in baseball. He no, where his view really, I don't really want to waste a lot of time with Dylan Batances. But the issue with Dylan Batances is not that he ever really regressed as a Yankee as a relief pitcher. It's that he was never supposed to be a relief pitcher. He was supposed to come up here and be an ace for this team. Yeah. And he couldn't he couldn't cut it into minor leagues as being a starter. So they converted him to be a reliever. So you want to take a knock at him for that? That's fine. My point is just that clearly there's something going on that these players are either coming up through our system or they're coming up and seeing success. And then something's happening with them, whether it be being sent back down or different types of you know workouts, a different regimen that isn't clicking. And then you see this huge drop-off and this huge regression, and then you never see them amp it back up. It just seems to be a downward spiral that goes out of control to a point where now we're calling for Glaber Torres to be booted so far off the team we don't even have to see him ever again. Yeah, and they're doing the same thing right now with uh, Estevan Florio. He's just up here to be a body for a couple of days till seventy's ready. That's not how you treat somebody that you supposedly have the expectations for as you do Estevan Florio. You don't have some fucking jerk down in the minor leagues. You can just sit on the bench for a couple of days. 
Florio's another one. I mean, now we're talking about guys who have proven they they might be able to do something up here that are just not even given the opportunity. Right. He comes up. The Yankees are at their lowest point. They have no one. They have nobody to play the outfield. He comes up here. He looks solid enough where you can say, let's give him a week, two weeks, see what he does. Yankees are like, no, let's send him back down. Let's put in Jonathan Davis. Let's have Jonathan Davis start games that we desperately need to win. Why? Well, I don't understand. And oh, we're going to, oh, he's not ready. He's not ready. Okay. Well, when are these guys ever going to be ready? It's trial by fire right now. And you want to tell me now after the last three starts that Luis Hill's not ready? Okay, he doesn't look ready. Yeah, but doesn't. what happened with Luis Hill? And I'm not saying that this is necessarily on a mechanical what, level. Exactly. or what happened, But what happened with Hill? He comes up here, pitches really well, up, down, up, down, up, down. And it's fine, though, Chris, because I understand you can get to play the game with him because of the COVID situation. doesn't count against the roster, whatever the fuck the rules are. But once they weren't allowed to do that anymore, it's like, goodbye. Who's taking starts? Andrew Heaney? I mean, seriously, who thought that was a better idea? It, it, I, I just keep, I keep taking deep breaths because I'm trying to just wrap my head around everything without truly just losing my mind. And it's like, it's like, okay, you want to pull that bullshit with Luis Seal after he... Here's my biggest problem with what happened to Luis Seal. It wasn't just like he was pitching against the fucking Royals or... The, you know, some shitty teams out there. I won't even use the Orioles because that would be a feat at this point for the Yankees to get a good good game against them. It was that this kid was not only putting up a zero ERA and, and just really proving that even if it wasn't long-term, this kid had what it took to come up here and, and, and catapult this rotation that was falling apart. But he fucking did something that I don't even think any other guy really did this year. Maybe you could even throw in Andrew Heaney for this, but he fucking stopped the Red Sox in a big, big game where I believe that that was during the 13-game winning streak. Might have been a little bit. It could have been. I don't remember exactly. And it's just like it gets to a point where, you know, we go back to that analogy you gave with the boss and the employees. Where in this case, it's like, not only are you not getting a promotion, you're actually, you're fucking losing your, your rank where you are, no matter what you do, no matter how perfect you've been. Well, now it's like, you know how we always say that fans, there's a certain segment of fans that would rather be right about a bad take sure. than have the Yankees. Well, the, in all honesty, the Yankees are the same way. They want it. They tell you, oh, we can't leave Luis Heal up here because he's not ready. And now they have these three starts to tell you that he's not ready. So what they wanted or what they were telling you has come true now. So they win. Yay. And he turns into another Florial. He turns into another Florial. We'll, we'll never see him. I mean, oh, Davey Garcia pitched really well last year. Should have been. He was ne- Let's be honest. He was never in consideration to make this rotation. And look what happened to him. He's. He's been probably the worst minor league pitcher this season. Crazy. A guy that you, a guy that was starting postseason games for you last year has an eight ERA in Scranton. It, so so he wasn't ready. So guess what, guys? You were right. He wasn't ready. So now what do we do? We have to go and make a trade for Andrew Heaney. Amazing. 
I mean, seriously. And that's Brian Cashman's stubbornness that this guy is still on the team. That after yesterday, that they, for whatever reason, they decided they needed an extra outfielder up here for a couple days. That it wasn't Andrew Heaney shown the fucking door. It was Luis Heal. What are you gaining out of keeping Andrew Heaney on this team for the next 12 days? Honestly, and this, I'm not trying to make all the Yankees' problems out to be Andrew Heaney's fault. We know what he is. But what did they gain from having him here? It's just, it's just Brian Cashman's ego getting in the way of doing what's right. Oh, I can't. If I get rid of him, I'm going to admit that I failed on this move. Sometimes you got to admit failure. Yeah, and that's that. that was my main point is that we're not even sacrificing guys like Luis Heal for things that make sense in, in the moment, regardless of how shitty they may be. It's that we're... We're doing it at the at the expense of having to pitch guys like Andrew Heaney. And it's just fucking not okay because then you see the opposite happen. Then you see a guy like, and I'm not saying Velasquez is, is some friggin' superstar who is going to make differences on any team he plays for, but in the time being, this team was fucking clicking. And we're sacrificing the guys who were helping make them click. For the guys who come back and are just fucking the guy, the same guys who fucking put you back in this misery. I mean, all of this went back to shit when our main guys came back, and that should not be the case. That should not be the case. It should be the opposite. In all honesty, dude, like I really thought about it. Like when I was sitting down thinking about what we were going to do on the show today, that I wanted to make this to keep them dumping show. Because you really, you have to sit there and think about guys that need to be off this team right now. But we'll save that for, looks like in two weeks, right? I mean, October 3rd looks like it looks like it's going to be their final game of the year. And I mean, they're not showing me anything otherwise, man. I, tw- I tweeted a poll before the game today. I said, if they lose today, will you lose all faith that they're done, that they're not going to make the postseason. And I got a 51% yes, I have no faith. And I ran pretty much the same poll after the game today, after they had lost. And um, let me see here, bring that one up. because I don't Last I saw, it was like 87. Yeah, so after, yeah, I then I pretty much said, do you have any faith in this team that they will have uh, to get one of the final two playoff spots, uh, wild card spots, and... 79% said no. So it went from 51% yes before the game to 79% no after the game. Do you blame anyone? No, I don't, bro, because if you can't win, if you can't win a game at home, not even win, play competitively, play competitively against the Cleveland Indians at home with your ace on the mound. Tell me why. I should have any faith that this team is going to do what they need to do to get in. And yeah, it's still all right in front of them. They're, they're playing a bad Rangers team. Well, guess what? There's a two of their last series were against bad teams and they still, they still went one. uh, Where did they go? One and three against uh, in their last four games against bad teams. Yeah. And the worst part is, is like you expect Cole to go out there and dominate and he didn't. So on that level, it, it's beyond devastating. But then you could even take it as far as to say, let's say Andrew Heaney had to pitch today. Right? Sucked. Okay? So let's take Cole out of the equation. Where was the offense? 
I mean, it wasn't like Cole pitched and they lost, you know, 11 to 10 where you could say, okay, you know, our ace really didn't show up today. That's very concerning. But hey, the offense, the offense showed up and, and it looks like they're starting to click a little, little more again after the, the game the other day. The offense just fucking disappeared again. So even when you take Garrett Cole's name out of the equation, there's just no level of confidence here that I can have with this team. Yeah, I mean, if you take a look at it, no. And the game really spiraled out of control, so whatever. But even if Garrett Cole gives up two runs in the first inning, you're still saying whatever. Not whatever, but it's almost like you're saying whatever he got. Maybe he get, just gets that out of the way. He's going to settle in and rock for the next six innings. The offense will come. This guy, Eli Morgan, is a fucking bum. His ERA was over six coming into this game. I tweeted a picture from MLB TV earlier today with the pitching matchup. And I said, I should feel 100% confident knowing nothing else but what this graphic is telling me that the Yankees are going to go out there and win dominantly today. And the exact opposite happened. So you can't, you can't tell me that it's all Garrett. I mean, it is Garrett Cole's fault. We're not taking him off the hall no. at all. But lose the game 11 to 8. Lose the game 11 to 9. You go out there against a fucking garbage pitcher and you, you're out of the inning in 11, and in the, 11 pitches. And the problem is that this has become the rule now. Not the exception. I mean, we we joke about it and tweet before the game that they're facing a guy with a six ERA, and we joke and say that means he'll shut the Yankees out. Well, that joke is like it's not even fucking funny anymore because it's too true now. And I thought about this, and it's like you're looking at the Yankees on a big picture now this season, and that 13 game winning streak is clearly the exception and not the rule anymore uh, because this team has been way more disappointing than they have been, you know, giving us hope at this point. And that's just not okay. This isn't just a downward spiral that came out of nowhere. This is a team showing its true identity again. And that true identity is the opposite of what it should be. And it's like, take your stats and throw them up your ass right now. Because I don't give a shit what statistic you give me that proves why the Yankees aren't, aren't successful. Because it's not about the statistics. It's about the guys out there who shouldn't be putting up those shitty statistics. And why is it happening? Why is it getting worse? That's my problem. Look, and, oh, people, are, here, here's my favorite, right? We're, uh, well, you know, you know, Garrett Cole really cost himself to side young. T- who gives a fuck? About the Cy Young. You know what Garrett Cole cost the Yankees today? October. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> Cy Youngs are nice when you when you win shit. And then you can be like, oh, look, we won and, and my guy got a Cy Young. Who gives a flying fuck? You think DeGrom wouldn't trade in all his, his Cy Youngs for... Jacob DeGrom would, would go, would, would be a mediocre pitcher on a fucking championship team. Okay. Absolutely. That's how much, how important it would it is to win. I don't know. Maybe he maybe he wouldn't be. Who the hell knows? I think he would be. You think Derek Jeter would no, would Derek trade in his World World Series rings, even one of them, for for five MVP awards? Derek Jeter would trade in a thousand hits in his Hall of Fame plaque for uh for another World he Series. He absolutely would. I'll tell you that 
I'll tell you that with 100% confidence, he would trade his fucking legacy if it meant winning another World Series. His talk legacy. About, you want to talk about legacies? What's Garrett Cole's legacy right here? Oh, uh, he doesn't deserve. And we're uh, now now we're the fan base that that doesn't like to boo when we boo everybody in the most inappropriate times. But now that a guy deserves to get booed, oh, we can't boo him. Well, yeah, you can. Okay, and here's why: Garrett Cole has now had six six outings this season where the Yankees needed him to step up and be an ace, and he didn't do it. And you say, oh, six times. Well, you only pissed 32 times in a fucking season when you're a starting pitcher. And, yeah, I'm not taking away all his great outings, the game against Houston, the game, the one great game he had against – he's been fantastic at certain points of this season. No one's taking that away from him. I'm not saying he's a waste or the Yankees should get rid of him. But look at it. Yankees are trying to go for uh, – they really need to, to start playing better against Tampa Bay. 6-3, lost five runs in five innings. They hadn't beaten Boston all year. 6-27, lost five runs, five innings. How about when they were – Tail spinning out of control on July 4th, game one in a doubleheader. When we came out here and said, no, seven inning game, nobody should touch the ball besides Garrett Cole. Three and a third, four runs, no decision. They end up losing the game. Again, 7-23. That's when they started playing a little. We were, I think we were watching that game at, at your father's house, right? We went out, we yeah. went out for my wife's birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, you know, Garrett Cole, maybe he's turned the corner. Yankees turned the corner. We really need a big win here. That was through, I think that was through all the COVID shit, right? Garrett Cole, five innings, three runs, lost. Tampa Bay, five innings, uh, five and a third. A week later, his next start, five and a third, seven earned runs. And then today, five and two thirds, seven earned runs when you, this team needs somebody to stop the bleeding. Not okay, man. So if you want to, if he's walking off the mound and you want to boom, go right ahead because on September nineteenth, after I just listed all that for you, you, he deserves it. And part of it is also probably frustration with how this team is played. And I love Susan. Don't get me wrong, but you are out of your fucking mind when you say something like, "What, what did she say exactly?" Let me see because I texted it to you. I want to. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a peanut stuck in my throat here. Right. A penis uh, or a peanut? Uh, who cares, right? Same thing. Uh, uh, boy, here it goes. What is wrong with these people? That was her quote when he's walking off the mound to booze today. Susan, read the fucking room. I know you and Garrett got this thing that you got this bond or whatever, but he didn't pitch like an ace today. Mm-mm. He shit the bed in a huge game. The team is tailspinning. If there's ever a time to boo, it's today. For sure. And every, and every, look, am I saying I, am I sitting here saying I would have, I would have been booing and walking off the mound? I don't know. Today, I probably I'm telling I you right now, you, I, I know just, I, I like to, I like to try and remember how I feel in the moment because that's the most important. And I, and I was driving at the time when he got taken out. And I, you know what I said out loud? I said, fucking boo him. Fucking boo him. I don't know if I would have booed him, but I sure as hell expected and wanted the Yankee <sighs> fans there to 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 let him know. Not that he needs them to let him know, because I'm sure he's the most critical of himself, that he fucking failed us today. Big time. Yeah, I think I tweeted it too. I, there was probably 18 people in Yankee Stadium today, and I said, I hope all of you boo him. 
And and be just because I don't boo, I generally don't boo. I probably wouldn't have, but I also would have been if I would have been at the stadium today. Not had a problem with it. It deserved to happen today for many reasons. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's there's I don't know how much more we want to beat Garrett Cole. I mean, he deserves it today, but there's other things we got to get into. And unless you got anything else you want to talk about with Cole, uh, I mean, I think we should move right into the manager because I'm fucking fed up with him too now. And it really took me. I mean, we joked about the booner for Boone, and it's and we've needed some blue chew to even get it to move a little bit recently. Okay, but. I'm done. I'm fucking done with him, bro. Re- listen to this quote of what he said. Before says. you get into the quote, I just want to let you know that I'm I'm I just want to look something up of the Yankee pitchers in the last like couple months that it's going to take me a little bit of time, but when I get it, I just want to briefly go back to Cole. Um uh, but we can put it to bed for now. Um let's fucking rip Aaron Boone while I do this. All right, ready? This is a tweet from Brian Hulk, who was in the Zoom room. Boone said that he has no issue with his team's effort. Quote, even when you're getting your teeth kicked in, the fight is still there. The compete is there. Now we've just got to get to production. Listen, shut the fuck (laughs) up. Nobody cares about their compete or their heart or their will. You know what, Aaron? Sometimes it's okay to just say we got our asses kicked and we have to move on and that's it. There's no need to fucking sugarcoat everything. Aaron Boone is probably a joy to be one of his sons because you want to know what? You probably can light the fucking house on fire, kill somebody, and he'll tell you it's going to be okay and probably buy you a Mercedes in the process. Here, go feel better about yourself. But as a Yankee fan, as somebody that's fucking living and dying and dying stressing the optimal word there because I'm telling you, I'm going to, this team is going to, is taking at least four years off of my fucking life this season. I don't want to hear any silver linings anymore. That you want to give me a silver lining in August, April, whatever. I don't want to hear it now. Just shut up. Be quiet for once. I don't want it. I don't care that you're doing your job. That Brian Cashman wants you to paint a rosy picture on everything because Brian Cashman is a fucking idiot if he thinks that we're going to sit here and buy that this thing, that everything is okay. It's not okay. And sometimes it's just okay to say that it's not okay. We're getting our teeth kicked in. I'm not happy about it, but we got to move on and play better tomorrow. What's wrong with saying that? Do you think it it would make a difference? Is that just a, do you think as fans now, do you think that's just a, like a selfish type issue that we need Aaron Boone to validate? what we're feeling and, and no, but, but and we need this. to know that our manager actually feels that way. But I'll tell you this, Chris, when everybody thinks that he's out there handing out orange slices and Kool-Aid boxes to the players after getting their asses kicked, it kind of validates that when he goes out there and say, yeah, but they tried real hard today. No, I don't care how fucking hard they tried. They got embarrassed and that should be the only emotion that you convey today. That's it. Not, yeah, well, we got our asses kicked, but it's okay because we tried hard. No, nobody wants to hear that it's okay, Aaron, because you're going to, you know what's not going to be okay? You, you know what's going to be the end result in this? You're going to be unemployed in two weeks. Tell me that it's okay that you compete it. 
Because it's not. Because you need it more than that from your fucking team. And again, I'll tell you this too, Chris. It's not okay. It is not okay that Aaron Boone is going to pay for this with his job and Brian Cashman is going to get to put another fucking manager in here. I've been saying this for fucking months. You can etch it in my fucking tombstone if it happens, okay? It is not okay that Aaron Boone is going to pay for this with his job and Brian Cashman will get to pick another manager because he is the ultimate problem here. This all is because of him. This is how he wants a team run. So what's he going to do? You think he's going to put in a fucking hard-nosed guy that's going to beat beat his players with a belt if they don't fucking, if they don't do what he says, huh? You think he's going to put somebody in there like Buck Showalter is going to tell tell Gary Sanchez to go fuck himself? No. He's going to put in another fucking guy like Aaron Boone that's going to be, well, you know what? I listen to my analytic guys, and, you know, I'm okay with doing some dumb shit like having Jay Happ follow uh, David Garcia in the most important game of the year that completely fucked us in the postseason. I'm okay with that. That's exactly the type of guy he's going to hire. He's going to hire a guy that's going to push back on him. That's why Aaron Boone got the job. And that's why it's bullshit that he's going to lose it, too, because he's doing exactly what he's being told to do. Brian Cashman's the one that's got to get fired. But on top of that, enough is enough already, Aaron. you got to know that you're you're done. It, there's not a miracle in the next fucking two weeks where this team sneaks into the postseason. You gotta know. I know you're not an idiot. I know you're not a stupid guy. You gotta know that you're done. So start fucking take. Just start. And we've already seen it. How many times has he thrown Gary Sanchez under the bus in the last week? Three, three times. Why? Because I'll tell you, one of two things is happening. Probably both. Boone's not here next year. And Gary's here, not here next year. Mm-hmm. One of those two things is happening next this in 2022. And Boone is done fucking protecting him because he knows he's either out the door or Gary's out the door, or most likely they're both out the door. That is correct. <clears throat> that is correct. And it's a shitty thing to to have to admit, but it's the truth. And it's and, and you know, I tweeted this before, <clears throat> excuse me, and people are coming at me thinking I'm I'm calling for Boone's head. Look, there's a shit ton of things we can we can discuss when it comes to Boone and and you know criticize him criticize him for, but our main point is that it's it it starts and it ends with Brian Cashman because you could fire Boone whenever the fuck you want. As long as Brian Cashman is still the general manager here, nothing is changing. You're going to have the same type of uh, of philosophy which I thought they finally broke away from. Clearly, they didn't. You're going to have the same philosophy. You're going to have the same type of same manager come in. And and I'm not even trying to knock Boone on, on that type of level here. I'm just saying a guy who, who agrees with what Cashman's doing and isn't going to put up a fight. That's why I personally think Boone, Boone isn't going to lose his job. And if he does, maybe he will. I mean, I'd be... Sh- as much as I sit here and say I don't think he's going to lose his job, I'd still also be shocked if he didn't. Mainly, not because I think the Yankees want him gone, by any means. The Yankees are pissed that they're going to have to fire him. Well, they don't it's going to be they because they, they can't justify not. They, but this is just falling perfectly into their lap too, Chris, because these contract runs out at the end of the year. They don't have to do anything. But I just mean that he's the guy that makes things easiest for them. That's the Yankees. That's the Yankees' motto: do what's convenient. And this would be convenient if they really wanted to make a switch. Oh, we don't have to fire him. His contract's up. Well, Same why thing. do you think Brian Cashman came out? 
and even Hal Steinbrenner and and openly put shit right on the players. I uh, mean, that that's, a man- that's a man. That's a man. Like if a, if anyone's going to do that, it's a, the manager. The, the upper management is there to is there to kind of say that the team's not being led properly. Especially Brian Cashman, who's the one putting these guys together. But no, they fucking they want to put the they they want the narrative that it's the players completely underperforming and no one else's fault. Because again, if Aaron Boone fails, who does that look poorly upon? It looks poorly upon uh, Brian Cashman and and even you could say Hal Steinbrenner for trusting Cashman to fucking hire someone. So this offseason is going to be, and we said this too before, it's going to be very telling about how much Hal Steinbrenner really cares about the Yankees because, number one, nobody's going to the fucking ballpark. And don't tell me it's COVID because that's not the reason why people aren't going to the ballpark. I've been watching wrestling the last couple of weeks. Packed house for AEW in in Prudential Center. Packed house for WWE in Madison Square Garden. Packed houses and. And you want to say, oh, it's the first time that they've been in the area since COVID. Fine. But it's obviously showing people are willing to go out and and be in public settings. Same thing with the Giants and Jets. They're fucking terrible. 80,000 people at MetLife Stadium the last two weeks. People are going out. People are not going to see the Yankees. People are fed up about what's going on with this team. Yeah, it's... um. It, it it's just something that it would be you can't, you can't tell me honestly you cannot tell me that in any other year that the Yankees are in a tight postseason race and they got their best pitcher on the mound on a beautiful Sunday and the place is empty why don't tell me it's not because of COVID you cannot sell me on that shit People are apathetic, and that's the worst thing anybody could be is apathetic. And they you, don't care. And here's the worst part. The worst part is that you can't seem to, to pinpoint what it is, right? Because when you can pinpoint what the problem is and truly have, have tangible evidence as to what that problem is, because we could sit here and say it's the upper management and the organization, and of, of course, I truly... I believe that, but if someone asked me for proof, there's no tangible evidence or proof that that I'm correct. And and that's the most frustrating part is that if we had something to pinpoint and say this is what needs to be fixed, whether it be one thing or 10 things, this is what needs to be fixed, this is how you fix it, and this will give us a better team. We don't have that. If we had that, we would have some some hope for the future, but what is Cashman going to do? What do you want to try and rebuild like 2016 again? Where's that going to get us? More disappointment? Another extended run of, of just regression? That didn't work. His way didn't work. So what do you want? What is it? That's the frustrating part. We don't know. Well, every time you and I have a disagreement about something, it's because you don't like the way the Yankees do things. I'm telling you, this is just the way the Yankees do things. So... What has to change is the two words that I always tell you that you get fucking tired of hearing, and I'm tired of hearing them too, but I just, it is what it is. It's the organizational philosophy. It has to change. 
It has to. There has to be a different way about the way things are done, about how they acquire players, who they acquire, what they're doing. Okay, but what is it? I agree with you, but what is it? What it has to? What is it? Like, what can we say? Okay, if we had the job where Brian Cashman was actually to a point where he was going to listen to us because we had the the layout of what's going to bring us success, he's, it, we're his last resort, what are we pitching to him? What's the first thing he needs to, to do or, or not do? Well, think about it, it's things like this. Oh, I don't need left-handed hitters because my right hand I can just acquire a bunch of right-handed hitters and they can go the other way. Oh, that's how that's that's just the easy answer right there. Oh, oh, we we play we play in a fucking stadium where if a left-hander farts, he can hit a home run. We've seen Tony Kemp who has six career home runs hit 10 of them at Yankee Stadium this year. But no, we don't need left-handed hitters. We'll just wait until it gets so bad that uh we have no choice but to do it at the trade deadline, right? Uh, how about how about our pitchers are just never ready? Our, our starting, uh, yeah, he came up here, pitched to a three-year array, started a postseason game, but he's not ready. He's not really ready. Let's just bury him in the minor leagues. How about things like, I really have no use for this guy, but I'm not going to trade him unless I get fucking 10 times his value, and now he's basically... Uh, an 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 in, in invalid dead uh, weight. Sorry. Yeah, right. Or I don't even know if you're uh, politically correctly allowed to use that word. I anymore. couldn't give a fuck. Okay. Uh, and he might never play baseball again. But we we can't trade him for useful parts for this team. Uh, how about that? How about just starting with shit like that? Huh? Okay. And then and then from there, wh- what else? What else does he have to do? Because on its face. This team is pretty good, like just on paper. I mean, if you look at about having stop having such a big ego, you fail. Get rid of a guy like Andrew Heaney. You're hurting the team more than it's helping him having him here. Admit failure. How about how about don't have your manager sit down there with a bunch of fucking nerds and discuss the discuss the lineup before a game? How about you let him fucking decide who the best nine guys are to play that day? Do we maybe take a look at? how we're resting guys and, and figure cause now I do have a little bit of proof in this. Okay. I do. Um, let's take a look at Giancarlo Stanton and let's look at his production since they finally started letting him play the fucking outfield again. Something that he himself said makes him a better player. What are we doing? Why are we, why are we, so scared to just let these players play the game. Well, Why are we so? Well, here's hold on. Here's my point. If resting guys and keeping them healthy was translating into October baseball, where they were, it was important they were healthy, and here and winning championships, then I understand the cost of not having them in a lineup in a day you might really need them for the benefit of rest and keeping them healthy. But we're keeping these guys healthy because we want them in the, in, you know, down the stretch. Guess what? There's no down the stretch because we are not letting these guys get enough consistent playing. 
because we're benching them or DHing them or, you know, pinch hitting them in the seventh inning. Give me a fucking lineup. Put it out there. Stop moving guys around. This team, say, this team in, has been so fucking lost that we've had 20 different guys play 20 different positions, let alone 10 different, 20 different pitchers in the rotation. In fairness, and one of the goals this team had this year was to keep Aaron Judge on the field this year, correct? Correct. But whatever they did, when everybody got all up in arms, they gave him two days off here, he sat here, it has worked. But overall, with your point, it's not a bad one in the sense that believe in hot. A guy might be on your stupid goddamn baby calculator, calendar, or whatever the fuck it is that you sit there and say, hey, let me punch this in here. Uh, DJ LeMayu, uh, he needs a day off on uh, September 18th. No matter what, he needs a day off. And you, you just, oh, DJ's got to be off because the fucking nerds say he needs off today. No. If DJ's hot, he's playing well, he's on fire, he's on a tear, he doesn't get the day off. You give a guy a day off when he cools down and he need and you could see it. He's a little worn down. He's take, you know, he's not he, he's a little late with the bat. That's when you give a guy a fucking day off. Believe in hot. <laughs> Believe in that type no, of shit. You know, shit. you know who are the guys that the they're the most reluctant to give days off to and and just let them play and you know, they'll let them play 50 games in a row. Guys like Glaber Torres, guys like, you know, I can't say Gary Sanchez, but if Gary Sanchez was a f- first baseman, I'm sure it'd be Gary Sanchez also. You know, those are the Glaber Torres could, could go, could be hitting a hundred and it wouldn't matter. Oh, he's not. He probably is. And then you could have Giancarlo Stanton go four for five with four home runs in, in a big game the night before, but now he needs rest. Oh, he's got DH it's like maybe maybe let's not have this blanket rule of when we rest guys, and let's do things like kind of what you just brought up that whatever they did with Judge worked. That doesn't mean that that's going to work with with fucking Stanton. That doesn't mean it's going to work with DJ Lemayhew or uh, Gio Rochella or Gallo or Rizzo. Let's start to let's start to really break down how these guys click. Let's look through their careers and see when they were at their best. And it's just it just like doesn't click in their brain. It doesn't matter. Yeah, or if guys are hurt, other guys have to step up. They don't need rest when when the bottom of your lineup is uh, you know, like Odor, Higgy, Wade and fucking Gardner. That's not the time to start sitting guys. How many times have we seen that? You called it the last time they did it. For whoever it was, Bro, say that they're going to sit two guys when Higashioka. Yep, started. I said that. I said, okay, playing Higashioka is bad in, in itself. This was when Gary was at least showing up and doing something. But the problem with the Yankees is they won't just play Higashioka today. They'll also bench two other guys you want in the lineup, and they did exactly what I said. And this team, like I said from the beginning, has become predictable. And when you become predictable, it means you're stale. And, and I just, to go back to the Garrett Cole thing, like I wanted to bring up, just really quick, to start the year, Christian, who was, who was the number five pitcher in this rotation? Oh, I couldn't even fucking tell you, bro. Who? Uh, look, who was number one? Cole. And then two and three? I guess it would be Kluber and Tyone coming out of the gate. And then four? Monty? No, four was Herman. 
and so then Monty. and then Monty was your five guy. Mm, I forget about Herman. So let's look at second half numbers real quick. Which of these guys out of Montgomery or Garrett Cole has you can tell me Montgomery has been better than Garrett Cole in the second half? Hold of on. The which of these who who has pitched uh, in more games and more innings in the second half? Jordan Montgomery or Garrett Cole? They both had COVID. Don't care. Yeah, but I'm trying to figure out who would have made more starts. They both had it. I'm sorry. Time. It's actually going to be a little... Uh, it, same amount of starts. Same amount of starts. And because uh, I forgot baseball reference isn't, isn't up to date. But this is actually going to hurt Garrett Cole even more. I would say he probably pitches more innings than Montgomery who generally. Would, who would you say has a lower ERA? Well, because you're asking this, it's Montgomery. Let's see. Let's see by how fucking much right now. Because I got to go into another thing here. So, Garrett Cole's ERA is above three now. 3.03. Oh, yeah, for the season. What would you say? It's bad enough. Jordan Montgomery has a lower ERA. What would you think it is? Just comparing to what Garrett Cole should be. Overall, what are you talking about though? Montgomery doesn't have a lower season ERA than Cole. No, does. I'm just talking about the second half. Well, what's his second half ERA? His second half ERA is is probably very comparable. It's probably three, probably right around the same three oh five. Montgomery's second half ERA is three oh five. No, that's I'm saying Cole's. What do okay. you think Jordan Montgomery's is? It's probably what you want to say. It's a half a run lower. Two six five. Yeah, so it's like a half a run, a third of a run lower. Okay. He's given up less hits, way less earned runs, less home runs. This is the number five guy. You hate him. So what are you trying to make a case for him for? I'm not trying to make a case for him as much as I am proving to to everyone that Garrett Cole has really let this team down. He sucks. We should get rid of him. Yeah, no. I'm, uh, my point is, when you can't even rely on your ace to be the top pitcher at any time in the season, that's a problem in and of itself. Look, and I'll tell you this right now. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he did, but I know people have. I don't want to hear an excuse about a fucking hamstring. Okay, you're out there in a crucial game that this team needs to win. I don't care if you're pitching on one fucking leg. You have to get the job done. And if you can't Garrett, get it done, don't go out there. If you're Garrett Cole, uh, you want if you want people to make excuses for you, go on the IL. And then we'll say, well, he couldn't pitch. He was hurt. Sure. But you're out there. You got to get it done. You have to. You At know, home against the Indians. You only respect a guy to a point where he's playing through injury when he's still going out there and and he's still the best option for the team. If Garrett Cole's in pain, he's more valuable by telling the team he can't perform to his level than going out there and fucking embarrassing this team. Yeah, well, you want to know what even that embarrassment today he was still the, the better option because then that means they would have probably not thrown Heaney in relief yesterday and he would have pitched today, which I don't think would have made much of a difference. I don't know what... What do you have for the rest of the, for, uh, the rest of the show here? Because I just wanted to make one other point. Don't make it. My biggest frustration isn't 
my biggest frustration is that it's not just one thing. It's not just one area anymore. And I'm talking beyond the philosophy bullshit and the resting guys and, and, and all of that. It, it's every aspect of this team where when they were playing well and winning 13 games, it was, it was in spite of those things. But when you're not playing well and you start to really look at the team for what it is, you start to ask yourself, how is this possible? And it's like, okay, let's start with the rotation. Would you say our rotation as it currently stands, given the injuries and everything, um, is reliable or in fucking shambles? Uh, it's in shambles, but it's not the... It, overall, it really isn't the problem. No, no, no. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying right now... Yankee starting rotation, shambles or or solid? No, it's closer to shambles for sure. Okay. Um, the Yankees offensively, solid, where you can rely on them day in and day out with maybe, you know, a, a game where they don't show up here and there or in shambles? All right, can I put it to you like this? Did you ever see bench warmers? I have. I fucking hated it. I think okay, so. But you, so you'll understand. You know the brother that lived in the uh, closet that was afraid of his son? Yes. Okay, he has a better chance. Uh, he, he, I have more hope in him getting a hit in a big spot right now than anybody on this team. Okay, so shambles. Okay. And then you say, okay, but the bullpen, the bullpen has to be, you know, has to be pretty fucking solid and doing his job. How about the bullpen, solid or in fucking shambles? Well, there's the big problem from today's game is that not even that Cole stunk, the offense stunk, is that even at four, not five, even when it's five to one, right? Even when it's five to one in that situation, and you're still holding on to the last vestige of hope that Cole's going to settle down, the offense will come back, you still know you're going to lose the fucking game because they have nobody in that bullpen they can rely on. So and that's what and that's what Chapman actually looking better in his last few outings. So now, so now we've just cleared the three main areas of of the team, and you can oh, even go as far as defense and say defensively strong or or fucking awful, awful. Well, when you have to play two Gold Glove caliber players out of position to hide a player in the infield, that is not a good thing. And it's not the first time they've done this kind of shit. So, so where where is the hope? And why? Why are we worse off now than we were even last year or the year before or certainly 2017 since rebuilding this team and and getting ready to be championship a championship caliber team? Why? Well, why can I not say I I am confident in any area of this team right now? Well, maybe because the fruit was rotting a lot sooner than we thought it was. Maybe it was rotting in 2019. And, you know, you leave an apple out on the ledge for a couple of days, and you, you know it's starting to go, but you're like, oh, I could still probably eat it, but uh, what I, I'm not going to have it today. And then in two or three days, it's fucking brown, okay? That apple was brown probably in 2019 to the point where it needed to be thrown in the garbage. But it's, how? It's crazy how? to say that. So, so would you put the blame solely on Brian Cashman at this point? No, not solely. You can't put solely on him, but he's got to pay with his job too, bro. He has to. And he won't. And that's a problem. And he won't. 
All right, so, you know, cards on the table. We've been very open and honest with everybody here. We said this was going to be the final season. Things haven't exactly worked out the way that we had hoped. You know, part of that's our own fucking fault for thinking this team was actually going to be good this year uh, and that there'd be big interest in this team and people would want to spend money and, uh, you know, all that uh, good type of shit and or whatever. It is what it is, right? But before this the curtain closes on the NYYST podcast, we're going to do all the off-season shit that we usually do because I can't shut the book on this show without fucking burying a few people along the way. So we'll get to all the keep them dump them, the therapy sessions, all that shit that we usually do. So let's just focus in on what's still happening with 12 games left. Okay, and one of those things, and we briefly alluded to it, is that Gary Sanchez, for better or worse, or for all intents and purposes, is not the starting catcher anymore. Again, he lost his job again. Again. And this time because of his defense. Now, granted, on on Thursday night... And he was looking so much better, dude. Look, on Thursday night, bro, you know, he had those two wild pitches in the ninth inning... That allowed the 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 uh, go ahead the tying run to, to to score right, okay. The first one, uh, it's frustrating. But again, I'm not blaming Gary for that. When a two seamer moving 97 miles an hour misses by three feet, you know, should he have caught it? Okay, maybe a better defensive catcher gets it. But I can't hang the blame on Gary Sanchez for them losing that game. You're in a two to one game with the fucking Orioles. That should never happen. But Gary gets the blame because the pass ball allows the run. Not the pass ball. I'm so sorry. The wild pitch allows the run to score. Then yesterday, drops a pop-up. You know, and then the inning just fucking spirals out of control. Seven running for the Indians. It would have been a second out of the inning. Mm-hmm. How, about the, how about a pitcher makes a pitch? Again, not excusing Gary Sanchez. Got to make the play. But how about somebody steps up and makes and, and makes a pitch and gets out of the inning? I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Gary Sanchez to be playing for another team. Cannot wait. And it has nothing to do with my feelings on him as a baseball player. I'm tired of every time something goes wrong and Gary Sanchez is even within a fucking breath of the play that it's his fault. Oh, Stan strikes out the bases at the end of the game. Uh, Gary's fault because he was on deck. He was close enough. He, his stink lines got on 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 stand. Wild pitch. Pitch misses by three feet. Tying run scores. That's Gary's fault. That's Gary Sanchez's fault. The problem uh, is, and when you def- and when you say shit like this, people think you're trying to defend the guy. They're by no means are we defending his play. By no means. You know, drop pop up, seven runs score. That's all Gary's fault. You know, how about somebody else steps up too? What and you- here's the and, and and I and I said this. Boone's done defending him because he knows why. As we said earlier, he knows one of two things is happening: he's gone or Gary's gone. So there's no reason fucking covering for him anymore. So who's the first guy to hit the bus? Gary Sanchez. What do you do? Gary leaves, goes to another team. Not going to say he becomes a gold glove catcher, but he, you know, he, he, he gets his shit together a little bit and back you know, there. Oh, you want to talk about organizational philosophy? Everybody's bitching about the one knee, how he catches the ball, how he's not athletic. That's the way the Yankees want him to catch. Yeah. What do you do? He goes, tightens up the defense a bit, hits 280 again, and puts up fucking 35, 40 home runs for another team. What do you say to yourself? 
Do you say in in Gary's case? Do you say our typical? You know, he couldn't handle New York. I don't think so. I mean, I just don't see that being being what the issue is here. That he's that the spotlight's too bright for him because we saw him what he did his his first season. We 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 saw you know some big moments out of him. What do you, can we, is that, would that be our evidence that something just fucking reeks in this organization? Like from top to bottom, minor league to, to MLB? Well, like I said, dude, like there's some, there's some things that just have to, to be done to change the face, the, uh, the aura around this team. And unfortunately, Gary Sanchez is one of those things. Not that I really want to see him gone. Not that I think that they can bring in anybody that's even better than Gary Sanchez. It's just one of those things where it's a bad vibe from the fan base, from now the manager. It's got to just, you got to, you just got to get rid of it now. It's a, it, the guy lost his job twice this year, Chris. It's a crazy, it just still is. I can't comprehend the fact that we're having this discussion in September with the thought, with the notion that this team isn't just not going to win a World Series, isn't just not going to win a pennant, isn't just not going to win the division or make it past the wild card game. It's with the notion that this team isn't even going to fucking make the playoffs. If you told me that in the beginning of the year, I would have, I would have literally bet anything I had against that. Anything. The only the, I would tell you that there was a a major catastrophe that hit this team, guy, that the team bus crashed, and they it, had to play and they had to play the AAA team up here. I've used this word a lot, especially in the last day or so tweeting, but there's no other better way to describe it other than this is just a catastrophic failure, a catastrophic failure. This isn't. This isn't some, you know, ah, it's shitty year, go get him next year. This is a catastrophic failure in every way possible. That it's not just about this year. It's not just about the failures of the most recent years. It's that if something drastic doesn't change, this is the future too. And I can't accept that as a fan. I can't. Right, that's why I said that it's it's time for changes now. Uh, and unfortunately, um, I tweeted this, and I'm not backing off of it. And when I say that I'm done, and I want people to understand something here. When I say that I'm done, I'm not done watching this team. I'm not done rooting for this team. I'm done having hope. I'm done having faith that this team is going to get into the postseason. With 12 games left, and they completely they completely embarrassed themselves this weekend. Whatever was left is gone. That doesn't mean that tomorrow, Monday night at 7.05, I'm not going to be sitting in front of the TV watching the Yankee game tomorrow. I'm still going to be there watching the game and rooting. Like an asshole. Exactly. But I'm done thinking that this team is going to pull something off that they clearly don't even... It doesn't even seem like they have it in them right now. 
You cannot sell me on anything that happened out of this weekend that that gives me any hope or positive thinking that this team is going to do what it takes to win to win a wild card spot. They can't beat the Orioles. They can't beat the Indians at home. Now the Texas Rangers are coming in. They're terrible. And again, you're not saying that it can't happen. All you're saying is you don't expect it to because why should you? It's not going to cause you to stop putting the fucking games on. It's not going to cause you to not root for this team moving forward. But it's certainly going to change your expectations because you're, you're, you're basing your expectations off of what you're fucking watching. And what you're watching is a goddamn train wreck, to, you know, to put now, it lightly. I mean, they can't afford a loss now. They cannot afford to lose a game to the Texas Rangers. Do you have any, no way. Honestly, do you think this team has what it takes to sweep anybody right now? No way. And, and, and the sad part is, if you asked me that 10 days ago, I would have said, yeah. No, with, that, with no hesitation and all the confidence in the world. When we recorded, right, after they played the makeup game against the uh, the Twins, I said they had to go minimum 8-1 and one against Baltimore, Cleveland, and Texas. They've lost three games already. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't, that wasn't some pie-in-the-sky thinking, Chris. That was because they needed to keep pace. And because they're off that pace now, they fell two games behind Boston and Toronto. Whereas if you wanted to say they dropped a game against Cleveland and they still had that 8-1 and one in their sights, They'd be tied still. I don't know if you remember two episodes ago, but the premise of the show was, can this team win the division? Do we want them to win the division? You know, keep their, keep their focus on the division, of course. We thought they absolutely could. We were debating on what they had to do to overtake Tampa Bay. Um, and, and we said, we kind of we wrapped up with saying, at the very least... You need to you need to put this to bed and make it clear you're going to stay on top of the wild card. And we had no doubt that they could do that. And within two weeks, we are now questioning if they'll even make the postseason. It, I mean, they got another team coming in here that's on pace for 100 losses. The Rangers have 94 losses right now. I mean, with a team fighting for their fucking lives, this should be a runaway. But they haven't done it yet. I'd actually feel what better makes, if a good team was coming in. What makes me think that they're going to turn it on and just blow out the score 35 runs in three games and have three laughers? What makes me feel good about that? Not Nothing. Nothing. Because I'll tell you what, if you're if you're looking at a scenario, right, because they have a day off Thursday and then they go to play Boston. If you're looking at a scenario where you don't sweep where you don't sweep Texas and you drop another game somewhere across the way where you're heading into Boston down three, you're done. You're fucking done. Done. So they had they have no choice but to sweep the Rangers. And they probably have no choice but I mean, really, if you're, think, if you're really talking in serious terms, they're down two. So the only way to go in, if, if everything stays the same, the only way to go in to Boston and Toronto and come out ahead of those teams is by sweeping them. Do people understand the fucking position this team has put themselves in? 
a position that in, in a normal situation you wouldn't want to be in or you wouldn't expect. Okay, in a normal you know situation mid season whatever, you never say they they should sweep or you expect them to sweep. Now you have to. And if you don't, your season's over. Now we're looking at, we remember we were talking about, oh, well, you know what, the Tampa might not be playing for anything in those final three games. The Yankees, we're looking at an honest-to-God possibility where the Yankees are playing those three games for nothing. And not in terms of, oh, they wrap up a wild card. Nothing in terms of the fact that they've been eliminated already. How fucked up is that, Chris, that the final three games of the season, that we're actually in a situation where those three games could absolutely be worthless, meaningless games? It's, again, I'll go back to the word, catastrophic. A catastrophic failure. So, I mean, if uh, it's... It's mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing that we're in this situation right now. It is. I have no other words for it. It's fucking depressing too, to be honest with you. That, and this is what this is what fucking this is the difference between being a, a football fan and being a baseball fan is. Yeah, it sucks. The Giants are bad, but I only got to deal with that once a week. Seven now this year, seventeen games that, and they might lose ten of them or, or eleven of them. That's eleven times. And then I only deal with it once a week. This is a fucking slog. This is every single day where you don't get a break from it. This is this is taxing emotionally as being a fan. So no, if you're one of these people out here that are like, oh, it's better for them to miss the postseason. Really? You went through all of this. And that's the conclusion that you came up with. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe it is. But I'll tell you what, after dealing with all this for the last six months, the last thing on my mind is, oh, I hope they miss the playoffs. It's not because I need, I need something. I need some type of validation for putting myself through this. Even if it is losing 12 nothing in the wild card game, at least they had a fucking chance at it. How could you sit there and and live and die like you say you do with this team and tell me, well, it's better if they miss the postseason, or I hope they miss it. After six months of this up and down, up and down, they're 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 the best team in the world. They're the worst team in the world. You can't tell me that that that's a that's a rational thought. It's not. No, because at the end of the day, as a fan, you could never hope that. Like, no matter what the situation may be, no matter what you think the future would bring if they missed the postseason, you can't guarantee that. You have to live as a fan in what, in the environment that you're put in. Like, like what, okay, if you had a crystal ball and you showed me that if the Yankees don't make the postseason, that Cashman gets fired, we get in a GM, and this team wins for the next seven World Series. And you can also guarantee that if they make the postseason this year, they're not winning a World Series. Then, of course, I'm signing up for it, but I can't guarantee any of those things. If this team makes the postseason, it gives them one thing, and that's a chance. And I'd rather take a chance than nothing at all. As a fan, that's that's the only thing you can hope for. Right, and that's what I was always arguing with people about last year. I understand the Giants were fucking bad. They were six and ten. 
but they had a chance to go to the playoffs. And as a fan, in that scenario, isn't that what you want? Yeah, because we've seen how many times in our in our lives in any sport have we seen a team limp into the postseason, maybe not even deserve to be there, and fucking catch fire and show up. Look at the fucking Nationals a couple years ago. That team was under five hundred at the at the break. They freaking turned it on, made the postseason, and they ended up being the best team and winning it all. Chris, the team that beat the Mets in the 06 uh, AL, NLCS, those, that Cardinal team won 83 games. That, how about the Giants? Uh, I forget what year it was, but they weren't a great team. They they weren't, you know, probably could have said they didn't deserve to be there, and they ended up winning everything. I mean, if you're, if you're going to compare it, the, the Giants and the, uh, and the Cardinals are two great teams to compare that to. That just, regardless of how their regular season went, if they make the postseason, they have a chance. That's why I'll never sit here and say, "Oh, I hope they miss the postseason. They don't deserve it." That's I mean, like no, saying, they, well, "I'll say this: They don't deserve. They do. This team does not deserve to go to the postseason." But I'll never sit here and say, "I hope they don't go to the postseason," that, because then I just because then I'm in a fucking moron that just wasted six months of my of my life watching them, hoping that they would. That's the same as what? What were the two years that? Uh, Eli beat Tom Brady 08 and 12. Well, it was the 7 and 11 seasons, but yeah. Right, right. Um, that's like saying, you know, the Patriots won already. They're in, they're waiting for their opponent in the Super Bowl and sitting there going, I just hope the Giants lose. I'd rather them lose here because they're not going to fucking beat the Patriots. They're not good enough to beat the Patriots. Eli Manning wasn't expected to beat Tom Brady. No one beats Tom Brady, in the post, especially in the postseason. Does that mean you hope that they don't even make it? Fuck no. You, if you're going to do that, unless your team is above and beyond to start the year, clearly the front runner, you might as well just not even tune into the season. Right. And I mean, like, think about it. Like, if you want changes and then this team sneaks into the postseason, somehow gets to game 78 LCS, maybe we bring status quo back because they're like, oh, look, you know, we did this. And maybe that's not the best thing long term. But my other alternative is is what? Is what? No, if, if your team falls short, that's part of the game. That's part of being a fan. The only thing you can hope at that point is that they make the necessary changes to to make it right. And even when the Yankees have been in a position to do so, where everything anything they did could have been justified. They failed to do so anyway. So where is your where is your hope or faith in this organization in the management to even do the right thing, let alone this team just hoping this team just doesn't make the postseason? None of it adds up. It's it's been a long year and I would hate for it to end on October third. Even if it ends on October fifth or sixth or whenever the wild card game is, I would I would rather take that that pain of losing the wild card game than than to just knowing that it all completely went wrong that it just was a like the biggest of biggest failures. I don't know if I can truly live like with the fact that if this team doesn't make the postseason at all, I just don't know if I can grasp that. I, I just don't. 
I, I think I would have to live with them losing in the Rogers Center at Fenway Park in a wild card game. Then, then when they shut the lights off on Yankee Stadium on October third, that that's it. The season's over. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can't like that. I can't live with losing a playoff game as a fan is something that you you have to you just have to live with. But knowing that there was no playoff game. I, I can't. I can't deal with that. And that's why, like, I'll never root for that to be the answer. So, like we said, you know, there's there's really no sense in breaking anything else down other than the Yankees have to go out there and win baseball games now. I mean, we'll say it again. They have to go 8-1 and one in these next mm. nine games. Mm. I mean, that's a bare minimum for them to do. That means they have to they have to go out there and at least sweep one of the series against Baltimore or Boston or Toronto. I mean, they can't afford to go out there and not do at least sweep one of those series. That's the only thing keeping my hopes alive is the schedule for all the teams coming up that they're playing one another. That the Yankees can still control their own destiny in a sense, but that starts with winning. Like, regardless, it starts with winning. You know what? As fucked up as it is, Chris, that's true. If the Yankees go out there and they go 12-0 and 0 to close the season, they're going to the postseason. No matter what, it doesn't matter because the teams ahead of you are, are playing each other and there's not enough games separating you from them where in any situation, as long as you win, you don't make the postseason. So the Yankees still have fate, the fate in their own hands. They don't have to hope that other teams lose necessarily they just need to focus on winning. And uh, Nestor Cortez is on the mound Monday night, and I would I would say something like set the tone for the series. But I mean, did they not set the tone for on Friday night with a great performance from Kluber? Yeah, good offensive just, showing. There's no tone and, because the the organization itself doesn't believe in a tone, doesn't believe in hot. So why why would the players feed off of that? They're all 705 starts. It's it's Cortez Monday, Montgomery on Tuesday, and uh Kluber on um Wednesday. And remember Kluber pitched to the Texas Rangers, and then the Yankees finally get an off day before going to Boston. So um I, I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I I don't know how we can have hope. Uh I I'm completely void of it right now but you know me and you know how i am with this team and being a fan if they go out there and sweep and you know maybe somebody stubs a toe along the way in these next three games uh, i'll feel differently because just what a fucking sickness as we've always said as being a fan is um but that's where we're at right now the yankees are uh, going to bed two games behind both boston and toronto and you can't look past oakland because they're tied with the Yankees in the lowest column as well. So, I mean, this is not an enviable spot for the Yankees to be in. and But in a sense that it is because if they just go out there and win baseball games, they'll go to the postseason. Like, nobody can stop the Yankees from going to October except for the Yankees, which, I mean, as we've seen this year, that's been their biggest opponent is themselves. They beat themselves more than other teams beat them. So, um, we'll close it there. Uh, thank you very much for listening to episode 253 of the NYYST podcast. Uh, go to patreon.com slash NYYST, become a patron of the show. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. We have a five star rating and review. Uh, go yank Chris. Say goodbye. Peace.